Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer, but what hat do you think he'll wear when he goes into the Hall? Plus, a debate is striking up about whether or not another former Cardinal should now be in because Rowland is in. His name is starting to bounce around the uh, social media circles. And the Cardinals have hired a new play-by-play announcer. We're going to talk about all of it today on Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Also follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Congratulations to Scott Rowland, everybody. My dog's sitting right over here to the side of me. I'm trying not to wake her up, but congratulations, Scott Rowland. It was announced yesterday that he was voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Uh, Katie Wu from The Athletic did a write-up about it and broke down some of the key stats to know about Rowland's induction. Uh, Rowland received the most votes of any returnee from last year, earning 76.3% in 2023 after receiving 63.2% of the 394 votes cast in 2022, you have to get 75% of the vote to get in. So he just made it at 76.3. He was voted in the Hall of Fame by five votes. That's how close it was. He joined six other players who made it by that small of a margin. He boasts a career batting average of 281 with 1,287 RBIs and 316 home runs. And let's not forget about not only Roland is, is Roland going in, but but the crime dog, Fred McGriff, is also going in, elected by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee in December, will be inducted into the hall in July. And uh, I used to love Fred McGriff's swing. Did anybody not like Fred McGriff's swing back in the day? So quick, it was powerful, and he had that, that unique follow-through where he kind of coiled around his head after he hit it. Pretty awesome stuff. Uh, had a great career which started uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays, then to the Padres, and what was a, a huge trade at the time. It saw him and Tony Fernandez go from the Blue Jays to San Diego for Roberto Alomar and Joe Carter. Worked out nicely for the Toronto Blue Jays and up winning the World Series in 1992 and 1993, led by Roberto Alomar and Joe Carter. Then in San Diego for McGriff, they had uh, Gary Sheffield, Tony Gwynn, Benito Santiago. It was a good squad. They just didn't win anything while he was there. But then he gets traded to Atlanta, if you remember. Uh, That was back in 2003, and it really kind of put him on the national map. You know, San Diego, small market, Toronto being in Canada. He gets to Atlanta, though, where they were really, really good at the time. And it was one of the, you know, biggest moves for that franchise at the time. And uh, I, I remember this specifically about when he got traded. One of the suites, like behind home plate, at uh, it was Fulton County Stadium at the time, ends up catching fire 
like the day Fred McGriff shows up to the Atlanta Braves. And uh, I'm going to put, it was a wild scene. I'm going to put the link in the description below on our YouTube page here so you can see it for yourself. It's grainy footage because, you know, it's back in 2003. So we're talking uh, 20 years ago. But um, nuts, man. The, like the Cardinals is who they're playing against in that one. And um, they're out taking batting practice. And behind home plate, it's just in flames. There's this inferno going on. There's like an explosion that happens. And finally, everybody's like, all right, maybe we should stop batting practice before the stadium burns to the ground. But um, they ended up playing that night. And uh, if, if memory serves, I believe McGriff had a home run in that game as well. But uh, he ends up going to Atlanta, wins his only World Series title with the Braves in 1995. So a very, very good career for Fred McGriff. But back to Roland. Roland's what we want to focus on here. Roland, 17-year career, which is kind of wild to think about. He didn't seem like he was around that long, at least to me. I didn't realize it was 17 years that he played in the major leagues. Eight-time Gold Glove winner, 2006 World Series champion with the Cardinals. He now joins Chipper Jones as just the second third baseman who debuted in the last 40 years to be enshrined into Cooperstown. With his induction, he becomes the 17th third baseman to enter the Hall of Fame. Now, I did a deeper dive into why Roland deserved to be in the Hall of Fame in a previous episode, and uh, you know I'm happy he made the cut. By the way, uh, I was doing a, a little bit of research here about Scott Roland and his career and everything leading up to this, and uh, I didn't realize this, and I wonder if you guys did too. Did you know that Scott Roland did not wear the number 27 when he got traded to the Cardinals? Do you guys remember that? Placido Polanco, who got traded to Philly for Roland, was actually wearing number 27 that season. So when they got traded, Roland came over and had to wear a different number. Do you know what number that was? If you do, let me know in the comments. I'm going to tell you at the end of this segment. And uh, it surprised me. I, I totally forgot this actually happened. But anyway, a few quick notes on why Roland was deserving. First off, 300 career home runs. Ended up hitting 316 total. He gets over 2,000 hits with 2,077. 500 doubles gets 517, and his 70.1 career war is the ninth best mark amongst third basemen in the history of the sport. And we know that uh, the dude could feel like he was an absolute stud over there at the hot corner, eight gold gloves. Now, some people will argue that, and you hear this phrase all the time, it's just about every year you hear, it's the Hall of Fame, it's not the Hall of Good. And I get that, and I do understand that maybe we should be a little more choosy about who gets into the Hall of Fame. But if we do it that way, then there's going to be plenty of years where nobody goes in. And I feel like that's a waste when that doesn't happen. But um, I get it that people think maybe Roland wasn't a great player. He was just really, really good. But think about the time that Roland was in the league. Like during those 17 years, especially during his prime, the early years with Philly and St. Louis, who was better than him at third base? Who was it? I mean, he was an elite player, like best third baseman in the league. So I would say like during that time that he deserved just because he was the best third baseman during his time. You know, if that doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame, I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, he suffered a couple of unfortunate shoulder injuries in his prime while with the Cardinals, which which really stunk that he started getting injured when he got to St. Louis. Uh, if you remember, you had the base path collision with Alex Centron of the Diamondbacks during the division series and the 2002 playoffs. Where's that guy now? Uh, then coming off his best season in 2004, he banged into Hesop Choi 
of the Dodgers at first base. That ruined his 2005 season. And then he continued to have shoulder problems the rest of his career, specifically with the Cardinals through 2007. So we'll never know how great he actually could have been if he hadn't suffered those shoulder injuries. Um, Would he have ever even been traded away from St. Louis if the shoulder injuries hadn't popped up? Because a healthy Scott Rowland would never have been benched by Tony LaRussa in the playoffs which is how the whole mess got started, where Roland and LaRusa started to have a rift, and then they just didn't like each other anymore. Uh, in his career, he spent seven years in Philly, six with the Cardinals, two with Toronto, and four with Cincinnati. My question is, which hat should Scott Roland wear on his plaque in Cooperstown? Of course, I want him to go in as a Cardinal, but I'm biased. So let's look at the stats real quick and see if we can make a uh, a real decision about this and not just go Cardinals because we're Cardinal fans. Uh, Philadelphia plays 844 games. He hits 282, 150 home runs, 559 RBIs, 207 doubles, 373 OBP, 504 slugging, 877 OPS, 126 OPS plus. He wins the Rookie of the Year Award with the Phillies in 1997. He wins four gold gloves, although one of those gold gloves was in the year 2002, which is the year he got traded to St. Louis. He also made the All-Star team that year in 2002 and was the Silver Slugger winner at third base in the National League. But he did that with Philadelphia and St. Louis, so keep that in mind. Then we go on to the Cardinals stats. 661 games, hits 286, 111 home runs, 453 RBIs, 173 doubles, 370 OBP, 510 slugging, 879 OPS, 127 OPS plus he goes to four all-star games wins three gold gloves unless you count that split year in 2002 which would have given him four uh he's fourth in the MVP voting in 2004 and wins his only World Series ring with the Cardinals in 2006 also elected into the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame Toronto 203 games 288 average 19 home runs 93 RBIs I'm not going to go into the rest of it because he's not wearing a Toronto Blue Jays hat when he goes into the hall. It's not going to happen, but it's important to know that he played there. It's part of the journey in the career of Scott Rowland, OPS plus of 114 while he was in Toronto, so it's not like he stunk. Uh, Cincinnati, 333, uh, 330 games, sorry, 263 average, 36 home runs, 182 RBIs, 78 doubles, 332 OBP, 438 slugging, 771 OPS, 105 OPS plus. So his numbers are down across the board. This is the last stop of his career he's there the final four years uh of his of his tenure uh career in the major league so you knew the numbers were going to go down a little bit but he did go to two more all-star games as a red also won his final gold glove in 2010 as a red so it's noted that he played good as well when he was in cincinnati so you look at all those stats and you say well it's got to be philly or st louis but i give you a third option even though I think either Philly or St. Louis would be acceptable. But I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Rowland decided that he was going to do the no-logo hat thing. I could see Scott Rowland doing that. Um, and it's been done recently by very good players, obviously. They're Hall of Famers, or else they wouldn't get a chance to do this. But uh, Greg Maddox, Roy Halladay, Mike Mussina, Tony LaRusso. Tony LaRusso's got a, a no-hat on his plaque in the Hall of Fame. Uh, those are a few of those who have uh, gone that route recently. So that could be what he does. And uh, I would respect that because if you think about it, in his career, he had a very good run with Philly. He had a very good run with St. Louis. Toronto, small sample size. Cincinnati had a good run in four years with Cincinnati. You know, it's not like he, he was garbage in those last few seasons. So 
If he decides to go in a Cardinals hat, great. If he decides to go with Phillies, all right, that's fine. If he decides to go no logo, I'm okay with that. That's that's really okay. I understand that. That uh, and when you look at a whole career, not one team does do people identify Scott Rowland with. I know we do in St. Louis. He's always going to feel like a Cardinal to us, but he had a lot of other stops on the way. So if you put that together, so what was that? Seven years in Philly, two years in Toronto, nine four. So thirteen of his seasons of his seventeen year career. He had one, it was spinning it at different places other than just St. Louis. So think about that. All right. Answer to the trivia trivia question earlier. What number did Roland wear when he first came to the St. Louis Cardinals? And the answer was number 16. And here's a picture that I stole from the internet. Don't tell anybody, but there it is from our friends at USA Today. Um, Number 16, I, I totally forgot about that. When he came to the Cardinals in 2002, goes to 27 that next season. Uh, number 16 for the Cardinals, most synonymous with Ray Lankford, but also you had Reggie Sanders, Chris Duncan, Colton Wong, now Nolan Gorman's wearing it. And number 27, before Roland, you had Lonnie Smith, Todd Zeal, Polanco, who was wearing it that season, he got traded over, uh, Johnny Peralta, Brett Cecil, bleh, barf, and uh, now Tyler O'Neill is wearing number 27. So a little bit of a trivia there for you. All right, up next, the Rolling Hall of Fame announcement has sparked up a conversation on why another former Cardinal isn't in the Hall of Fame, and it's a pretty good argument. We're going to talk about it next year on Locked on Cardinals. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked on because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy, which is very important for people who have never used the app or a sports book before. You want to make it simple. You don't want to make it so complicated. You see all those numbers on the screens and you get, whoa, hey, I was told there would be no math here, but all of a sudden I have to know what all this stuff means. Well, it's pretty easy and simple to, to get used to it. And new customers joining today, you can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Now, the AFC and NFC championship games are coming up this weekend. Uh, Sunday, you've got the 49ers at the Eagles in, uh, in the early game in the afternoon. FanDuel has the Eagles favored by two and a half in that one. And on the AFC championship side of things, things have changed a little bit because of the Patrick Mahomes ankle, uh, high ankle sprain injury. The Bengals will be at Kansas City for the uh, Sunday night AFC championship game. The Bengals now favored by one on FanDuel. That's crazy, right? Because when it opened up, they were the underdogs and now things have changed. And if you got those bets in early on, you still have those odds that the, the Bengals were actually getting points. Now they're favored by one. So uh, that's kind of crazy. Now you can do all of this sports, but you can go onto the website. That's great and all, but be sure to download the app as well. It's safe, secure. It's super easy to use. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Locked on MLB Prospects as well. Our host, Lindsey Crosby, is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Now, every time somebody gets elected into the Hall of Fame, when a new guy gets uh, voted in, 
it strikes up a debate about guys who haven't gotten in, who maybe should be in. You know, I mean, you go back and you look at stats and you're like, wait a minute, these kind of match up a little bit. How come this guy got in and this guy's not? And now that Scott Rowland has been selected and is going in, um, you're getting debate. <laughs> you're getting names brought up. And the name I saw brought up more than anyone else is former St. Louis Cardinal Keith Hernandez. That is the one that I'm seeing people argue about a lot online right now. Uh, just a quick breakdown. Hernandez played 17 years in the major leagues, just like Rowland. 10 with the Cardinals, 7 with the Mets, and 1 with Cleveland, but nobody really remembers that last year in Cleveland. Uh, so let's compare numbers real quick between Keith Hernandez and Scott Rowland. All right, so Keith Hernandez, 2,088 games played. Rowland, 2,038. Uh, Keith Hernandez, 296 career lifetime hitter. Scott Rowland, 281. That's a big difference right there. That's a huge difference, 15 points. Um, now, Hernandez was not a power hitter at all. And us growing up nowadays, you're, you're used to like the first baseman being a, a slugger and this massive guy who's bashing home runs all the time. That wasn't the case with Keith Hernandez back in his uh, his day. Uh, he hit only 162 home runs over his entire career. Roland crushes him in that category, 316 for Scotty. Uh, RBIs, Keith Hernandez, 1,071. Scott Roland, 1,287. Run scored, pretty close here. Hernandez, 1,124. Scott Rowland, 1,211. Uh, Keith Hernandez, 2,182 hits, which is more than Scott Rowland's 2,077. Uh, doubles, you've got Hernandez at 426. Rowland at 517. On base percentage, check out this number. Keith Hernandez, 384. Scott Rowland, 364. That's a big difference. Slugging percentage, this is going to go big time into Roland's favor. Uh, Hernandez was at 436, Roland 490. Home runs, obviously, uh, lead to that. More doubles leads to that as well. Uh, your OPS, you've got Hernandez at 821, 855 for Roland. But then you go to OPS plus, 128 for Keith Hernandez, 122 for Scott Roland. So pretty comparable, right? You know, there's some stats there that Roland is dominant, and then there's some stuff that Hernandez is, and then there's a few of them in there that they're pretty close. Now, Roland was the rookie of the year, seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove winner, won a Silver Slugger, and won World Series. Now, Hernandez won an MVP with the Cardinals in 1979, splitting it with the Pirates' Willie Stargell. In fact, I got a picture of these two together from my YouTube viewers. There they are. Look at them. Look at Hernandez in the powder blues. And I don't care what people say you may not like the pirates and you may think they're not a very good franchise or something like that but i will always dig the colors of the black and the gold that the pirates put together i just think i think it looks good together i really do so there you go that's them uh sharing the mvp trophy in 1979 uh hernandez won a batting title that same year he was a five-time all-star 11-time gold glove winner at first base he won two silver slugger awards Two World Series titles with the Cardinals in 82, then the Mets in 1986. Um, Hernandez's cocaine use. That's, the, that's an issue, obviously, uh, if you don't know about that. Um, cocaine use, some issues, some uh, legal stuff with distribution and things were brought up at one point. Um, it's been widely documented, and certainly that had a barring on some of the voters at the time when Keith was uh, up for election. Now, in 2004, after nine years on the ballot, Hernandez received votes from fewer than 5% of the writers, thus ending his eligibility. He's been eligible for consideration for induction by the Veterans Committee since 2011, but has yet to be inducted. So what says you, Cardinal fans? 
Keith Hernandez, yay or nay? Do you think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame after giving you the numbers, the background, the awards, the uh, award-winning mustache? Check out this photo. Look at that. Look at the baseball helmet in this picture, you guys. Like, that's the helmet that you eat nachos out of now. The mini helmet that you eat ice cream out of now. <laughs> Look at that helmet. No ear flaps. The last guy I remember not wearing ear flaps was also a Cardinal Gary Gaetti back in the day. The rat. Um, Look at that. Looking good, Keith Hernandez. But is he a Hall of Famer? Hall of Fame looks for sure. But uh, let me know in the comments section below on YouTube on whether or not you think Hernandez should get in. All right, the Cardinals will have a new TV play-by-play announcer in 2023, and I'm pretty sure you're going to recognize his last name. We'll talk about it next on Locked on Cardinals. There will be a new voice on Cardinals telecast this upcoming season. St. Louis native Chip Carey will be taking over duties for Dan McLaughlin, who left his position as the play-by-play voice of the Cardinals after 24 seasons following, unfortunately, a third arrest for suspicion of driving while intoxicated in early December. The name Carrie should be quite familiar to you as fans uh, of the game of baseball. Chip is the grandson of Hall of Famer Harry Carey, who broadcast games in St. Louis alongside fellow Hall of Fame announcer Jack Buck from 1945 to 1969. He then went on to the A's, the White Sox, and the Cubs, which you know, he's most famous for. Uh, according to a report by MLB.com's John Denton, Carey is 57 years old and is leaving Valley Sports South, where he has worked on telecast for the Atlanta Braves for the last 18 seasons. Carey is the son of former St. Louis KMOX broadcaster Skip Carey, who was the son of Harry. Uh, he graduated from Parkway West High School after briefly living in Atlanta and moving back to Missouri. Got his start in broadcasting uh, for professional sports back in 1989 when he was hired by the expansion Orlando Magic. Following 10 seasons of calling NBA games, he returned to broadcasting games for the Braves from 91 to 92, then from 05 to 09, then 2010 to 2022. He was with the Mariners from 93 to 95, the Cubs from 98 to 04. He also worked on national MLB studio shows and broadcast for Fox from 96 to the year 2000 and on TBS from 07 to 09. Now, uh, people that I know that, that cover the Braves and have listened to Kerry over the years, as I said, he's very good. He's very professional. He's got a great voice. If you ever have heard any of his broadcasts before, he does not sound, and I don't mean this disrespectful to his father, Skip, but we used to always make fun of it. You know, we used to always do the nasally Skip Carey voice, and mm, Chipper Jones, like when you would talk, when you would hear those broadcasts, me and the guys used to do it all the time back in college and whatnot, and you, you just, I don't know. I never enjoyed the sound of Skip Carey, but Chip does not sound like that. He's got a very good voice. Um... But what I'm told is sometimes I'll get a little too excited over certain things. Uh, the example I was given was that on routine fly balls that he would misjudge them and make it sound as if it was going to land 500 feet away from home plate only to see it die at the warning track. So, you know, to get really excited, like, and there's a drive and caught. You know what I mean? Like that happens from time to time. But. I guess that happens to a lot of people. I mean, I always laugh when I'm actually at ball games and no matter how weak a fly ball is hit, what, however it looks coming off the bat, if it goes up in the air, even a decent amount, you get that <gasps> oh, gasp from the crowd who think every fly ball is a home run. And then it ends up being like a lazy fly ball <laughs> into the outfield. that's caught like 
in normal depth, like not even close to the warning track. I always, I always tend to, uh, to giggle in those occasions. My wife and I talk about it all the time where that our phrase is settle down nerds. It's not a home run. Not every fly ball is a home run, but kind of a silly thing to get worked up about, but you know, we laugh about it. Anywho. So chip carry, uh, coming to the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, if you're excited about that, let me know in the comments. We'd love to hear if you uh, are somebody who has listened to him when he's done Braves games over the years. Uh, let me know what you think of them down in the comments section on our YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Gordon Graceffo, Connor Thomas. He knows all about them. And you should listen to his show. He'll tell you uh, what's the truth when it comes to these prospects and uh, not blow smoke up your butt. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So check it out if you get a chance. If you haven't already, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. Locked on Cardinals.